Welcome to episode one of Lakeshore Christian Church's weekly video podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell, and we're coming to you live from our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on the podcast, we plan to talk about all things Lakeshore, the message series we're doing now, series we may have coming up, uh, events, plans, programs, uh, interviewing different staff members and talking about different ministries. And on a regular basis, we're going to have special guests that we interview Occasionally, we'll even have a special guest host for the program. I want to encourage you to subscribe, uh, become a regular listener, invite family, friends, neighbors, co-workers to tune in as well. We'd love to have everyone join us. Today, I am very excited and happy to welcome our first guest to the podcast. Uh, Jeff Schicks is a good friend. Uh, He's a fellow elder here at Lakeshore, and he's also the executive director of Youth for Christ here in Nashville. I got to tell you, I love and appreciate Jeff's heart for Christ and for the church and for the youth in our community. Jeff, welcome. It's great to have you here today, yeah, it's man. It's great to be here, Randy. I wanted us to be able to, to go pretty deep uh, in a dive into the work and the ministry of Youth for Christ today. Uh, I know you've been uh, working with that ministry for a while now. So if you would, just take some time and tell us about the different aspects of the work of Youth for Christ. What are the different things you guys do? Yeah, there we have at the Nashville Youth for Christ chapter four different ministry models. We have our parent life uh, ministry model that is reaching out to teen moms and dads in schools and in neighborhoods, uh, trying to help them finish school and baby needs and things like that. Uh, we also have campus life, which directly helps middle school and high school kids in the schools. Right. Then we have our city life, which partners with neighborhood communities and community centers to uh, just help them to have hope in life. Um, They may have some needs that they need there as well. And then Juvenile Detention Center, JJM, is our juvenile justice ministry. So we're in uh, juvenile detention centers as well. Those are the four ministry models that we have at the Nashville Youth for Christ chapter. Right. How long have you been working there with Youth for Christ now? Yeah, I moved up here taking that job from Florida in 2009. So I've been with Youth for Christ since 2009, we started coming to Lakeshore that same year when there was a transition happening in the school when right. you guys were renovating this building. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. when we started coming to Lakeshore. Yeah. And uh, came up here, raised support, and came on full time at Youth for Christ in 2009 and, and uh, transitioned to the executive director in 2017. Yeah. And for a little while there, you were working with us uh, on staff here at Lakeshore. You were yeah, a senior high youth pastor at the Antioch campus, right? Yep. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. Was on staff here for. Quite a while. Yeah, Jeff did a great job with our youth ministry here. And then the demands grew at uh, the Nashville Youth for Christ program. So you were able to transition more full time there and had to let go of that role here at our Antioch campus, but uh, still very involved with our, our programs here at Lakeshore. And we appreciate you and Susie and your whole family and all the involvement that you have here at Lakeshore as well. Yeah, yeah and we love Lakeshore. It's, it's the heart of the community uh, in this area as well as the Smyrna campus, they do so much for different neighborhoods and the people that are surrounding them. And so, yeah, we're blessed. That's great. Well, tell me, uh, I know one of the big parts of your program you just talked about is going into the schools. And uh, uh, I know COVID kind of messed things up for a little while on what you could or couldn't do uh, with both the uh, juvenile justice ministries and going into the schools and all that. The access was limited there for a couple of almost two years as we went through COVID. So are things beginning to, to get back to full speed with those programs or and what schools are you in and, and uh, 
with the juvenile justice, where are you able to go with that right now? Yeah, for both uh, Campus Life and Juvenile Justice, we had to do some virtual meetings uh, yeah. through Zoom to connect with those kids and students. Uh, we were able to keep our parent life in face-to-face with homes visits. But yeah, things are, are starting to get back into that, not for lack of a better term, normal yeah. uh, feel in schools. What's well, normal, stuff. right? <laughs> yeah. The new normal. Right. Uh, um, yeah, and, and we were in most of the schools that we were in prior to COVID taking place. We're still a couple of different schools in Rutherford County. We're not back in those schools yet, uh, but we did start some new ones in Williamson County too. So we cover four counties, Williamson, Davidson, uh, Rutherford, and Sumner counties. Fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you go into the schools, tell me what, what, what are you doing there? What kind of a program is it when you go into the school? When are, when are you there and what kind of program do you have in the schools there? Yeah, and in the state of Tennessee, it's kind of unique uh, because we live in the Bible Belt yeah. that uh, we're able to actually go in the schools during the school day. So some right. of our character development classes happen during the actual class time where we go into, like for me, at Antioch High School this year, I was with a group of seniors for about an hour during their first period uh, just to talk about life, to play some games together and see how I could connect with them and help them, you know, if they might need help with their studies or help with um, – something that's going on in their life and just building a, a, an initial relationship with them to then help them further down the road. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, something we need to not take for granted that we are, you guys are allowed to go into the schools and do that. That's not true in all states or all school systems. Uh, but, but here in Nashville, I'm so thankful. And, and some of the counties around us, you're able to do that. Uh, can you just list maybe off the top of your head? I know you may not remember them all. Some of the schools all, uh, that you guys are able to go into right now. Yeah, in Davidson County, we're at Jones Padilla Elementary School, fifth grade class there. Uh, Antioch High School, Antioch Middle School, um, Hillsboro High School, Cane Ridge High School. Uh, in Rutherford County, we were in Blackman Middle School. Uh, Williamson County, Franklin High School. Um, Grassland Middle School right. in Williamson County area. Yeah, I'm forgetting a few, but that was the yeah. majority of them. We have seven different classes each week. That's great. And I appreciate the fact that you can get into the schools. And uh, I know a lot of what you do is about establishing relationships so that you can have trust uh, with the kids and they can open up and share with you. And I think sometimes they probably are willing to share things with you that they won't talk to anybody else <laughs> about once you establish that yeah. trust factor there. Uh, I know Lakeshore has partnered with uh, Youth for Christ on several things, and we're happy to do that. We love the partnership, uh, and we hope to continue doing more of that in the future. Uh, tell me a little more about the juvenile justice ministry, too. Where Where is that? Where do you go with that? Yeah, we during the pandemic, we had to do virtual, but we currently are back into uh, Rosewood and Walnut facility, which is in the Donaldson area. That's a long-term facility with transplants from other counties in Tennessee, usually to Memphis or Chattanooga students. So we go to, into the boys and girls pod there once a week, sometimes twice a week right. to do uh, character development and Bible study classes too. Yeah. Once they get out, uh, we try and connect them with a church that's in their area. So right. recently a boy voiced to us at uh, that center that he wanted to be baptized. His name was Michael. And so we weren't able to coordinate it before he left. He was just getting out in just a couple of days after he voiced that to us. We connected him with a church in Memphis and a pastor wow. there, and, and he got baptized in Memphis. Oh, praise God. That's great. So glad to hear stories like that. And and uh, it's just a, an outward 
evidence to us of the inward changes happening as you do the ministry and God's using what you're doing there to change people's lives. And yeah, and I think because there's such a lack of hope inside those centers for so many of those students there, we've seen more fruit come from the juvenile justice ministry and from our parent life than we have from other the, some of the other ministry models. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why that's taken place. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe with the school thing, uh, uh, it takes a little longer for that to happen, but I think their hearts are more primed, if you could use that term, to receive what you're trying to do in some of the other settings that yeah. you're working in there. Yeah, that's great. But I know the school ministry is making a huge impact, too, a real, uh, and I'm so thankful you could get there. Tell me a little bit more about the parent life, uh, kind of where you're at on that. How many uh, students are you currently working with there, or generally speaking, and uh and what do you do that's different maybe from the other two things that, that we talked about? Yeah, our parent life director is actually uh, a member at Lakeshore Christian Church, Deanna, yeah. who uh, does our parent life ministry. She connects with teen moms usually. Sometimes the dads are involved in it, but it's usually uh, girls in middle school and high school that find themselves in a situation where they've either terminated a pregnancy or they, they're currently pregnant or they've already had a child. And she tries to connect with them, help provide some of the needs that they might need because diapers are pretty expensive. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> gotten more expensive lately, hasn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. So that and the, the shortage with formula, she's been very involved in trying to connect other agencies and connect dots to some of those. We do um, mental health counseling. We, all, we also have the health department that comes in to do classes in the schools with us alongside us. Mm -hmm. uh, we connect with the FRC reps in the school system through the Pencil Foundation. Uh, they usually have a person that works at the school, and we connect with them, and they provide us the information on who we should be working with. And so okay. currently we have about 30, 30 plus teen moms this year. We do stay connected with them even after they graduate to try and help them continue and, and get, you know, the help that they need to, right. to be a productive adult. So some of our graduates that have been previous teen moms in the schools come back and help us do some of the mentoring with our teen moms too. Yeah, I'm sure that has a lot of impact when, when the kids see that, somebody that's been in the program, gone through what they've gone through, and they come back to talk to them about their experience. It, yeah, it has a really huge impact on their lives. Yeah, that's great. I know you also do some special events along the way that we've been part of. I know I rappelled down the side of a hotel in Nashville <laughs> downtown a little while back, and uh, my wife thought I was kind of lost my mind when I told her what I was going to do. But uh, I had a great time with it. It was a good fundraiser. I know uh, you do some other special events. I know at Christmas time, uh, you guys have something that you do to help out families there. Yeah, yeah Thanksgiving and Christmas both. We yeah. have more than 500 students that we reach out to and help that are in need with a, you know, for Thanksgiving, a Thanksgiving meal for them and their families. Yeah. Uh, as well as for Christmas, we try and have all our teen moms and their babies adopted for Christmas. And many of the students that we work with within the campus life programs too that they a lot of them have a huge need um, some of them are in shelter some of them are homeless and so it may be the opportunity for them to get something they've never had a chance to in life yeah it's uh it, sometimes those things are, are one way that hearts and minds are kind of unlocked to be more receptive too mm -hmm. when they see that you really care enough about them to do something special like that uh, it kind of takes some walls down sometimes, I yeah. think, for, yeah. for them to receive more of what you're trying to do in their lives. Yeah, our students yeah. are in a crazy place right now, too, with just everything that's going on in the schools and the country and with shootings recently. They're just, they're, uh, they're searching. Yeah. They're a little bit of afraid. Um, and we try and come alongside them and, and 
encourage them and bring hope and value to them as a person. Yeah. Do, do you sense, uh, I know with all the shootings, especially lately and some things like that, uh, I think you're alluding to that, that feeling of emptiness that a lot more kids mm-hmm. seem to be feeling right now. Are yeah. you sensing more of that? What ages are you, are you thinking you see that more seriously? Um, with the kids Yeah, it's becoming younger and younger. That's why we've started connecting with those fifth grade students in some of the elementary schools again. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's happening at a very young age. Yeah. Uh, as you look at the ministry and the, I know, I know it's varied. You got a lot of different things going on. What do you see maybe as the greatest challenge our young people are facing right now? Just generally speaking, what are, what are the har- hardest challenges you think they're dealing with that you guys are trying to minister to and help out with? It's, it varies from student and, and program to program, you know, for our teen moms and stuff, it's trying to get, uh, help with the supplies they need to, to raise a baby on their own. It might be a connection with a housing uh, authority or something like that to help them find housing because oftentimes what happens is when a a team becomes pregnant, if it's not something that's agreeable with their parents there, you know, tell them to get out of the house and then they're on their own. And, and so we just, we try and take care of their basic needs first. And then from that have the conversation. It's a three story model that we use. It's my story. It's your story. And then it's God's stories. And, and connect, the, connecting those together. Yeah, yeah. So connecting their story, my story, their story, and then God's story to that. And so first we have to connect with their story. You know, people won't care what you know until they know that you care yeah. kind of idea. And so finding out what their needs are first and then addressing their needs and then telling them a little bit about our story and why we do what we do. And then from there, eventually we get the opportunity to connect them with the story of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's your goal. That, that That's your heart is to get them to that place. But in order to get there, there's steps you have to yeah. take, you know, because not everybody's ready to receive that right up front. And uh, no, they're not. Yeah, uh, and I appreciate the patience and the uh, long-term approach that you take. That I think is missing in some approaches out there, and and I've been impressed with that with Youth for Christ. If if there are listeners today that really feel a heart for this and a passion for this, I I like for us to talk a little bit about what are some different ways that people that really care could step into this and help out in some way with Youth for Christ. And maybe, I know it's different for different ministries, but what are some different options of how people might could get involved and help out? Yeah, there's always a need. Anytime we walk into a school, there's a need for us to bring snacks with us to any place we go to, whether it's a school. Food speaks events. loudly, it does. does. Yes. There's yes. something about sharing a meal together yes. with someone else. And so we try and provide that, especially with the younger kids, because we're not sure if they had breakfast that day or even dinner the day before. And so we try and take healthy snacks into us at every school. And that costs quite a bit of money when you're talking about 17 or 18 schools. Uh, So there's a need for snacks and and juices and things like that that are healthy snacks for kids. Do you mainly want to get financial donations toward that rather than the actual snacks themselves? How how would you rather people do that? It's a little bit easier if they provide the the financial because then we can get the, the proper snacks. Yeah. Um, you don't have students. to coordinate who, yeah. what snacks they're getting. Right. right. Yeah. And with the shelf life of some of those snacks, we want to make sure that we're able to get that, yeah. you know, when they're, they're best. Yeah. So, Fresh um, and, and, and yeah. healthy. There you go. Yeah. We're always looking for more people to connect as volunteers in all of our programming. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for people to help us be cheerleaders for Youth or Christ. You know, currently we're the only chapter in Tennessee. There was two or three other chapters pre-COVID that were in the state of Tennessee 
and now Nashville Youth for Christ is the only chapter that exists in the state of Tennessee. Wow. Yeah, that makes the need even greater for sure. Yeah. So volunteers uh, are a big help. And then also just uh, partners, churches that partner with us to help us do what we do and connecting youth pastors to the programming too. We often try to put the youth pastor into a school. You know, Tito, who's the youth pastor here at Lakeshore, has helped tremendously at Antioch Middle School. Right. Yeah, Tito loves uh, being involved with the, the work, and we appreciate Tito's ministry here at Lakeshore as well as connecting with Youth for Christ there. Um, I know, too, uh, we don't ever want to make light of the difference that just praying for what you're doing uh, can make a huge difference, too. Uh, and, and I want to encourage everyone to, to lift up Jeff and his family and uh, the staff. Tell us a little bit more about your staff, just uh, how many staff members you have and, and kind of their roles with Youth for Christ. Yeah, and if, if you're not aware, Youth for Christ got started on a fishing trip between Tory Johnson and Dr. Billy Graham in 1944 when they were fishing in Florida. Wow. And that's how Youth for Christ got its start uh, decades ago. Uh, we have four part-time staff uh, with our Nashville Youth for Christ. We have Deanna, who's our parent life director. Emil Ju Justin, he is our JJM director. Uh, Melissa Sheridan, who is our communications director. And then we added someone new uh, last November, Lauren Adams. Uh, she's our connections donor relations person. She helps us with our events as well. Great. And if people want to go online and find out more about uh, Youth for Christ, what is the site they need to go to there? Yeah, on social media, we have Nashville Youth for Christ pages. We have a prayer page, and we also have our main page on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, our website is NashvilleYouthForChrist.org. That's NashvilleYFC.org. Uh, or you can call us at 615-320-7050. Yeah, that's great, man. Matt, Jeff, I just want to thank you for coming in today. It's been really good to have you here. And if it's okay with you, I just want to have a word of prayer for you and for Youth for Christ right now. That'd be great. All right. Father, we just thank you that, uh, that you can use Jeff uh, and the staff, everyone at Youth for Christ, the way you're using them to make an impact uh, that they're making in the community. Uh, Father, we thank you for the, the lives that we see being affected in a positive way through that ministry. I pray you give them strength and peace and encouragement uh, that their spirits would be lifted by the presence of your spirit as they work with these young people. There's such a hunger. There's such a need. There's such a void out there, Father, that the Youth for Christ is working hard to help to fill by being Jesus, being present with them as representing Jesus well uh, to these young people. Use them to your glory is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Jeff, for, for being my guest today. <laughs> uh, before we finish up today, I want to invite everyone to come and join us at Lakeshore Christian Church. We want to invite you to come this Sunday. Last week, we introduced a brand new message series entitled uh, Discipling Our, Our Sexuality. Uh, and that's right, Pastor Andy's talking about sex on Sunday mornings at church. And uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation to have with your church family. We want to invite you to come and be a part of that uh, at either campus. Uh, last week, we talked about how the culture is having such an influence on discipling how we think about sexuality. And we have to be careful because it doesn't always line up well at all with what the Scripture teaches about our sexuality. I'm going to shift gears this Sunday, and we're going to talk more about how Maybe even some of what you've heard from religious circles may not match up well with Scripture, what God's Word has to say. Uh, even from the church specifically, maybe not Lake Shore, but maybe from your history with the church, you've heard things 
been taught things that don't line up well with the spirit of the teaching of Jesus about our sexuality. Uh, and it's sometimes caused damage uh, to people's lives because they don't have the proper understanding. Or maybe you haven't heard from the church at all in this area because so many churches have failed to, to teach the love and the compassion and the care and the guidance that God's Word gives us in the area of sexuality. As I introduced it last week, I want you to know there's good news here. God is the author of our sexuality. He, he made us the way we are. My life verse uh, is found in Romans chapter 12, and I've used this as the theme verse for this whole series. It says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And listen to this description of God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, God's will for you is good. It is pleasing when you understand sexuality the way God wants you to understand it. God's plan is the perfect plan for our lives. So we want to encourage you to come and be with us either uh, in person at either campus or you can join our live stream online on Sunday mornings. We want you to be a part of our efforts to connect to grow and to serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thank you for joining us today.